What are dreams? Why do we dream? Are they even important? Why do I have such scary dreams? Why do I keep having the same dream or dream image over and over again? Why can't I remember my dreams? Welcome to An Etymology of Dreaming. I'm your host, Sue Scavo, and for this episode, we are exploring basic questions about dreams. I've been working with dreams for almost 20 years, my own as well as with others, including doing presentations, workshops, retreats all around the world. In all these travels, in all the conversations I've had with dreamers from London to San Francisco, South Africa to British Columbia, I find that common questions about dreams often arise. Dreams are perplexing, confounding, interesting, frightening, and part of all of us are drawn to at least wondering what they are. As long as we've been dreaming, we've been wondering and theorizing about what dreams are and why we dream. Personally, I do not believe that there is one simple answer. I do not believe that there is one absolute true way to approach dreams and dreaming. I believe that we each have our own way, our own particular language when it comes to dreams, and that part of the process, for those of us intrigued by our dreams, is to discover how to step in to learn that language. In answering, or perhaps better, addressing, these common questions about dreams we're going to open today, I want to first say that the way I work with dreams is through the embodied and the experiential. This is a way of dreaming that sings to me, that has utterly changed my life and the lives of many people I've worked with and who have worked with their dreams in this way. So let's start with the first question we usually receive. The first question we usually receive is, I don't remember my dreams, so I could never do this kind of exploration, could I? How do I remember my dreams? It's a great question. I do believe that our unconscious is speaking to us through our dreams. At least one part of dreaming is about that. And when we fall asleep, all of the things that hold us, all of the stories we carry, all of the ways we are in the world, all of that rests too. So when we sleep, there's a letting go of something. There's a letting go of maybe our protections. There's a letting go of our perceptions. And in that place, dreams arise. Now, of course, there's been many, many studies about dreaming from the scientific side of things. Most scientists agree that we dream every night, whether or not we remember the dreams. And that is something I believe as well. I do not believe that we need to remember every single dream, though all the dreams we remember, I do think are important. I do believe, though, that once we turn our attention and intention to our dreams, that we can begin to remember them. For example, if I haven't had a dream that I remember in weeks, in a couple of weeks, which still happens for me, I may go to bed and say, tell me what's happening, because I haven't been remember, remembering my dreams. And in that way, I'm actually speaking to the dream landscape, saying that I'm interested, that I want to know. So part of remembering dreams is setting the intention from the inside out to say, yes, I'm going to begin to pay attention to my dreams. So one way is to ask. One way is to like make a gesture toward it. So I always keep a notebook by my bed and I keep the notebook open and I keep a pencil or a pen 
on the notebook so that I can quickly pick up the pen to write. Some people have their smartphones set to record so they can simply reach over, hit record, and start speaking their dreams. Some people have many different ways. They, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. One of the things I've done in the past was, um, was to make sure that I kept a, a notebook. This is kind of funny. A notebook in the bathroom so that when I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, there's a notebook there with a pen uncapped so that while I'm going to the bathroom, I can write down my dream right there when I'm still in the dream state. So that's one way that we can start to let our dream landscape know that we want to know what is in there. Most of the time, we don't really want to know. Most of the time, it's not something that I think our culture really embraces as a thing to be paying attention to, unless it's an extraordinary dream or unless it's a a terrifying dream. And sometimes the way that we as a culture approach those kind of dreams is like, how do we get out of that dream or how do we make the dream better or how do we feel better after the dream? You know, there's many places where people want to get quote unquote rid of their nightmares. But dreaming, even the extreme kind of dreaming, to me, is really about information from the dream landscape that we in our conscious minds actually really need. And it's information that we can't get through any other way, except for through examining our interior lives. So I do think that part of like having the intention to remember dreams and going to the dream or going into our intention about it, saying like, I, you know, I believe my dream landscape, that there's something important for me here is part of that can be part of how we how we can begin to remember. I also want to add that a lot of people say I don't remember dreams. But when I ask a simple question of do you have a snippet, a moment, an image, most people can come up with a little something like that. And and to us, to me, that is a dream that completely counts as a full dream. You know, one moment from a dream that may have been longer that we may know has been like a long dream. Well, that one moment is really important. And there's a lot that, that we can do with a moment in a dream. So a snippet counts, a moment, waking up with a feeling, waking up feeling like I've been somewhere. Those all count as dreams. So there's also a way to change the language of what a dream is and what a dream is not. Some people believe that dreams are the long, what I call movie dreams that has this very, that has, you know, intricate plots and moves through many things. And this happens and this happens and this happens. That is definitely a dream. And also the dream where you just see something or you have a flash of feeling or all you can remember is that I was sitting on a mountaintop, for example, those count as dreams too. So part of the question of like, how do I remember my dreams is to honor the, the bits and pieces that you do remember, which leads us to, to, to me, to two questions that we get that uh, I like to answer together, which are, why do we dream and what are dreams? Again, there are many, uh, you know, as long as we've been dreaming, there's been as many theories as we can think of about why we dream and where they come from. And I do believe it is a personal, a personal thing for some people who or have a perhaps a spiritual or religious background or you know or practice sometimes uh where dreams come from and what they mean are embedded in the religious practice or spiritual practice i you know i think that's fine that's true for them 
Some people believe that they're the flotsam from our day just needing to be worked out, which is one way to think of it as well. I will say for me that I believe that dreams come from, well, first come from our unconscious, come from that place where we carry things or carry feelings, memories, experiences that are not always available to our conscious minds that maybe we repress or maybe just live there because it's the nature of the unconscious. And I also believe that dreams come from a, you know, some other place that is very mysterious to me. I think Jung called it the collective unconscious, which is one way to think of it. I don't really have a name for it. I, I think I just call it the dream landscape or the dream realm because it's very mysterious to me. And and I believe that many people have different beliefs about it, which I think is important to honor. So part of it is our unconscious. Part of it for me is a dream realm that is coming from the place of mystery. Therefore, why do we dream is part of that. You know, our unconscious, the place that we carry wisdom, knowing, fear, trauma, this place that is not in our conscious day-to-day as we're doing the dishes, as we're going to work or going to school, as we're in our marriages or partnerships or as we're doing our day-to-day, you know, not always, not all that information in the unconscious is part of our consciousness. I do believe it's part of how we move through our lives, but it's not always in our conscious minds. So part of where dreaming comes from is is from that unconscious realm that is of us. It's things that we don't maybe even remember. So that's one light layer for me. The other layer is this dream realm where from the place of mystery, information comes in. And I, I believe that these two realms, you know, the unconscious and then the dream realm actually are in conversation with each other. So I believe the dream realm creates a space within which we have experiences and those ex- and how those spaces get populated comes from our unconscious. And then there's a dance that happens so that figures in the dream may be parts of myself, may not be parts of myself. There may be teachers, which sometimes we can refer to as archetypes, which is different from the Jungian way of looking at archetypes at archetypes, but archetypes as teachers or guides from the dream realm. So sometimes figures are that those figures, sometimes figures are figures from my, from my unconscious or parts of myself or reflections of myself or mirrors of who I am or who I'm not. So I believe that the dreams come to help us work with that material that may be in our busy, crazy day-to-day lives which includes surviving and making sure we have housing and food and that our children are taken care of or that our family's taken care of or our friends or that we're taken care of. It's the kind of material that often gets lost um, if we don't pay attention to it, which I think the dreams ask us to. And they ask us to when we're outside of our day-to-day, when we fall asleep and our body is somewhat resting and our mind with all the day-to-day is at rest, I do believe that this is where the dream realm can come and be in a dance with us. So when we have a dream that's populated with the day-to-day parts of ourselves or our lives, I think it's a way to speak a language to us about things that are happening. To me, it's not the flotsam of the day. I believe that when a dream has an image or a person that is very specific for me that there's a message or there's something I need to know about that. You know, why do we dream is, but for me, it's so that we can look at places where we get stuck. We can 
open up places that need healing, and ultimately so that we can be challenged to find out who we really are. I believe that we grow up with a lot of stories about who we are based on many, many factors, based on where we grew up, based on our gender, based on our race, based on what kind of culture we grew up in, based on, of course, class and money. We grow up with a lot of stories that get into our conscious minds that are are usually at odds with our inner reality. I think the dreams come to confront us with stories we carry and ways that we believe we have to live in the world so that we can have a different perspective. You know, our conscious minds work at this level of this is the world and this is the way I need to survive. And when we're surviving, we don't often have the bigger picture of what's possible. We don't often have a bigger context for what we could be and do in the world. I think the dreams bring want to bring that kind of larger context as well, for me as a spiritual context, to speak about who we are and who we aren't. And it can be very challenging. Dreams that are scary have a lot of information and are incredibly important to open and to go in with a line of inquiry about why am I having this dream and is there something scary that I remember from my past or that is happening now that I need to address or have some healing around. So that's usually the second and third kind of questions we get. Why do we dream? What are dreams? Which, you know, I did say something about scary dreams. So another question we often get is why do we have nightmares? I just addressed it a little bit, but I do want to open it up more we as a people, not just the Western world, because I speak English, I grew up in the Western reality, but we as a species, humankind, have a history of incredible violence from, you know, again, as back far as memory as we can go. We, A lot of how we have evolved as a species has come from the place of survival. How do we survive? How do I survive? How do I create shelter? How do I create food? How do I how do I live? How do I protect myself, my beloveds in the world? We carry a lot of that in our, you know, really in our waking minds and our consciousness. There are many people on the planet right now, right as I'm speaking, right as you're listening, that are living really horrific things. There's wars. There are people who are being you know, oppressed and abused, it all lends to this place of like, how do we survive? How do we fight against that kind of oppression? How do we change the way we we view the world in order to lessen the need for war and oppression? Now, having said that, on a personal level, we also experience really scary things in our life. Many of us have trauma from our childhoods. Many of us have violent trauma from our childhoods, whether inside the family or inside the culture. Violence is a thing that we are surrounded by. It doesn't have to be physical violence. It can be emotional violence, sexual violence. It can be cultural violence that doesn't seem to be there until you have a different perspective. We all experience this. I mean, for those who have had families that have been supportive, who feel like they, you know, I don't have trauma, that may be very true. And there's also this place of going from the innocence of being a child, being cared for, the transition from going into the world and needing to find your own way. There's a kind of trauma there. The way that we live in our culture, and I think a lot of cultures, is there is a sort of like, we have to separate that innocence in order to survive. We have to, quote unquote, grow up. We can't be that, quote unquote, naive or, quote unquote, that sensitive. So we learn to manage that. That in and of itself usually means that we break from some part of ourselves that believes in the mystery or believes in magic. And we go forward and forth into our 
lives living from that place of survival or needing to succeed. Even if we don't have a quote-unquote trauma that we remember, there is the process of growing up that, that is in and of itself kind of breaking away from our innocence. So when we have terrifying dreams, there's several ways to look at those dreams. One is that it may be showing us something about our experience that maybe we haven't seen before. It may be insisting the unconscious in the dream realm insisting that we don't forget about this thing because it's still affecting us and that we need to look at it for healing. It may be that there's a family memory that has been passed down through the generations and we are carrying it in our body that we need to open up and address. So I, I want to pause on that one for a moment because I want to explain a little bit more about what I mean by that. You know, a lot of studies have been out there that talk about how we carry memory in our body and how memory can be handed down through generations because we carry memory in ourselves. So if you think about that, I have a daughter and when she, I was pregnant, she was using my body to create herself, my blood, my nutrients. So in a way, when a child is in the womb, they're using the mother's body to create themselves, which means they're using part of the memory of the mother and all her memories that she's inherited are also part of the process of the child creating itself. We carry memories of generations behind us that may have no context for us. So sometimes people have dreams that seem to be in other times or places or dreams about things that they have no memory of themselves or they have trauma reactions to things that they don't really understand that, don't, that shouldn't be quote unquote scary to them. The scary dreams that we have come because there's something that is, is in us that needs to be healed and released. I, I do not believe that we need to, the dreams bring us back to our trauma moments or these moments of fear or terror just to take us back to those moments. Usually what happens when we have trauma or we carry something like that is the way we've survived it is to put it away or or to survive it. We find some way to get through it. What happens though is we don't drop our defenses after we've been through, after we're safe from the trauma that was happening. And so we continue to live that way. So when a dream comes that's really scary, there's a gesture toward, it's not about going back to the trauma, but it's going back to some way that maybe we live as if the trauma is still happening. And the only way to like really let that go is to have some healing, to have a way to walk through that and all the feelings we didn't feel back then so that we can open up a bigger context for ourselves. I said earlier something about dreams offer a bigger context. When we grow up with trauma, our context gets very narrow. It gets very narrow to like, how do I get by how do I get through this moment? How do I get through this day? How do I get through this year? How do I get through this episode? How do I get out of my house until I can be on my own? How do I survive this job? Whatever it is, how do I survive the war? When we are in that mode, which often we need to be we stay in that mode. And so the context is always survival. It's always like, I don't want the thing to happen, so I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen. The dreams, when we carry that kind of trauma and hurt inside of us, whether it's ours or our, a legacy that we've received, we don't get to have the bigger context of what's possible. We don't get to have a bigger context of who we are outside the definition of that trauma. So even though we may not be in a trauma event or trauma-inducing events, I guess, we're still living as if we are. When a scary dream is offered, it's offered because we need it, because we need something in there to help heal that place. They're not fun dreams, because of course some dreams can be really fun 
And they are very profound dreams, as long as we can like let ourselves step into them. I do want to say that when we work with scary dreams, often there's dreams around the scary dream or even moments in the dream where something is different, where maybe there's a supportive figure there who wasn't there when we were little. Maybe there was there's a figure that's saying, I can stand with you while you look at this. Because often what happens when we something scary happens is we end up being alone and we feel like the only way to survive this is to be independent and alone. What dreams want to do is they bring up the scary thing and say, this is true. And we're going to give you some support to walk through the feelings so that they can move and change. I've worked with you know, my own trauma work as well as deep, profound issues with many people. And it's always astounding to me how exquisitely we are met by our dreams to help heal and release things that block, you know, things that we live by or live in reaction to that keep us from becoming fully ourselves. It is, uh, you know, exquisite is the best word I can describe because it's an incredible journey and we get to have choice in the journey. We get to choose whether or not we're going to step into that particular thing or not. I know that I've had dreams where I've woken up like, oh my God, I do not want to remember this dream. And then I don't. And that is part of the conversation of being with my dream in the, in the dream landscape. It doesn't mean the dreams aren't going, aren't going to bring it back. They, they usually bring it back. But I do get to have a choice. I do get to have voice in how I work with my dreams and how I, what, what I say yes to, which I think is, again, part of that conversation the dreams want to open us up to. I guess the last question, and I'm, and I, I think in a an episode soon, maybe the next one, I am going to address working with those scary dreams because I think it is a thing that happens with to many of us. Either we had scary dreams when we were children, or we are having scary dreams now. I think it's an important thing, and I'll do a whole maybe series about that. And I do want to say sometimes we do have scary dreams that once we step out of the dream, and have a line of inquiry, we can see that maybe it's not as scary as we think it is. One way that may show up is someone like, maybe I have a dream where I feel like I'm in prison, I can't get out, I feel completely terrified, people are going to come and hurt me if I try to leave. But when I look around the dream, there's no door, there's no gate, there's no key, there's no guards, there's no guns. That doesn't mean it's not a scary dream. It means that I carry that within me in some way. I carry some place where I'm afraid perhaps to step out of some something that feels imprisoning to me. And there's a specific way of working with those kind of dreams as well. I think the last question that we get a lot is, why would I want to open up to these things? <laughs> Why, if I have a scary dream, would I would I open to the dream? Why, if I had a dream about my teeth falling out, why would I need to even look at those things? And first thing I always say is that you don't. It is a choice. Part of the dream realm and part of, I feel like, the teaching of the dream is that we can choose to not be in the conversation. It doesn't mean that the conversation is gonna, is not going to be there. I think dreams are very insistent. But it means we can choose to do that. That is a choice. You don't have to. We want to begin the process of thinking like, well, maybe there's something important that could be helpful to me. I would say that there is something that is helpful for us and profoundly helpful for us in our dreams, that there's an invitation. You know, dreams will offer challenges to our beliefs about ourselves or our beliefs about the world. And they also offer incredible opportunities and views about who we are that maybe we've never even considered. I think the dreams hold a place of seeing us that maybe we have never even imagined. 
that maybe we never even dreamed in our waking dreams kind of way that we could ever be. Why turn to the dreams is because there's something that is coming from within each of us that is so powerful and profound. And, And one of the reasons why I love working with dreams and why I'm so committed to dreams is that dreams come from inside each of us. You know, I've worked with many teachers. I've had poetry teachers. I've had dream teachers. I've had coaches. I've had many people who've helped me along the way. And even then, the key was, for me, there's something about needing to have the discernment of like what is true for me, what is not true for me. My dreams give me an anchor. The dreams can give us like a plumb line to what is the most important thing to each of us. It's not like, oh, here's a way to walk a spiritual path. You do this, you do this, you do this, which can be helpful on on occasions, I think. And on a lot of occasions, maybe ritual is a good thing that really speaks to you. The dreams are so crafted by the dream reality to speak to us about what our steps are. What is my step? What's my next step in my journey, be it spiritual or becoming or whatever language you have for that? The dreams are tailored for us. They speak to the thing that is the most important thing for us. And it doesn't come from anybody else. And it doesn't come from even our ideas. It comes from this unconscious dream realm that has this bigger context that we don't know about usually about ourselves. As a dream practitioner, my job is not to say, here's what you need to do. My job is to say, let's find out what your dreams are asking and inviting you to look at and move. And it is incredibly profoundly individual. When people say why, for me, it's about really knowing that there's a, we get information every night about how to move forward in our lives. We get information about what is the next step for us that is about nobody else but us. That is not some plan or some idea, but is completely an individual to each of us. So that's why I love dreams. And that's why when someone says, well, why would I even bother? To me, it's the thing I was searching for my whole life. Someone help me. Someone, I need some guidance here. The dreams give the guidance that is so particular to me. And that is so different from anybody else. Different from my husband, different from my kid, different from my friends, different from anybody. That's for me, the why of being in dreams. So those are the most common questions we receive. I hope you enjoyed being with the questions with me. I want to say again, we each have our own way of being with our journey, being in our spiritual journey, being in our emotional journey, if you will, our psychological journey. Part of what I think the dreams teach us and what I've learned from the dreams, my dreams, and being with thousands and thousands of dreams, this it really is individual, meaning that everyone's journey is individual. This way of looking with looking at dreams and working with dreams really does honor that process. So thank you for listening. Again, I am Sue Scavo, and this has been an etymology of dreaming. Thanks for being here, and I look forward to our next episode. Thanks.